Okay, welcome to episode 36 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh. His name, of course, is 610 Funquist. And 610, how are you doing? I'm fine, man. It's been a while. It's been some crazy, crazy weeks. Uh, I can't even remember when we recorded last time. Do you know? Is it two uh, weeks well, ago? Two, two weeks ago, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. The dates are kind of coming together as one. <laughs> yeah, Basically. they're just kind of blending together. That's kind of what happens in the winter, though. You know, spending so much time inside and you, know, you lose track of days. Yeah, that's true. Although winter is a stretch of the imagination around here. Well, yeah, it's like, what, December 6th now? And we went and got a Christmas tree yesterday, and it was like 10 degrees and sunny. Really? Yeah. You don't even have snow over at your place? No, no, God, no. Jesus. Jesus, yeah, we had, we had like, I, w- I wouldn't mention it in centimeters, probably in millimeters. So I don't know what the American equivalent, uh, what that is. But uh, like, let's just find like a crisp thin layer of snow last Friday and my daughter brought out her skis and everything trying to <laughs> trying to do whatever possible in the sco- in the slopes but yeah she survived well that's good but yeah. um yeah so you've been good man over the last couple of weeks yeah I've been home with the kids they've been having colds and there's been COVID at preschool and stuff like that but Today, Sunday the 6th, uh, as of today, tomorrow, they'll be returning to preschool. Which oh, is, well, that's uh, good. It's it's awesome, actually. Uh, yeah. So we're going try to it, try it for a couple of hours and see how that goes. So. Fantastic. Which means I can get my first full day of work in about a month. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Life has Excellent. been very generous. But hey, one shouldn't complain. People are actually dying out there. So me going from work between uh, going to work between keeping up with the kids, that's quite all right. We've yeah, been having quite some fun as well. All right. So let's jump right in. Uh, where do we want to start? We want to do a quick rundown of the standings? Hey, let's do so because I can't even remember what the standing looks uh, looked like last time we talked. Um, but. But we've seen some changes in the in the bottom half to start with. Um, Lane Shopping and Oscar Sam have moved past both Brinas and Malma. Uh, yep. And Brinas and Malma, we're going to get into those teams uh, in a bit, and they're not looking good. Yeah, and um, well, speaking of Lin Shoping and Oscar Sham, they, they both have some games in hand against some of the top teams as well, so they, they can make up some points if they uh, if they put their mind to it. They do, yeah. <clears throat> um, should we just get into it? You want to go top to bottom, bottom to top? Let's go top to bottom. Sure. Uh, Fernanda are still in, in the lead, but we should mention that with 41 points, Fernanda have played uh, 22 games. And second to Fralunda is Rögle, who won today, Sunday. They beat Vekka 4-2. I haven't been able to watch the highlights yet, but uh, apparently it was a good game. Um, they're just three points behind with four games in hand. Yeah. And given and, the and fact and that Sweden's using the three-point system, you can all kind of use math there to see how that could go. Yeah, absolutely. And and the one thing that kind of stands out for, for Lunda is their, their plus minus for goals for and against is only plus four right now, despite the fact they're, they are sitting at the top of the league. Yes, but we're going to get into that right now because one of the one of the bullet points for this episode is what the hell is going on with Fralunda? And uh, I meant that in every possible way, because over the past couple of weeks, they've been performing, I wouldn't say below par, they've been horrible. So... Uh, yesterday they beat Rögle 3-2, which is a decent win because Rögle is a good team. Uh, but prior to that, they lost 
eight to nothing to Vikhva, which is yeah, uh, it's bonkers. Uh, and just uh, a couple of weeks ago, they lost seven to one to Brinas. I mean, they're just they've lost four to nothing to 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 uh, Lexan in November. Actually, they won they won their first game in November. They won two to nothing at uh, at Lula, which is a good win. Then they got a 4-3 win at home to uh, Perista, which is a good win. They beat a very uh, low-key Linköping 3-1 after that, and then they just went downhill from there. I don't know what happened. Yeah, they seem to kind of be all over the place right now. Like, they have good games. Like, back on the 19th, they beat Oscar Schaum 4-1, but then they followed that up, like you said, with a 7-1 loss to Brinus, and then a 3-2 loss to Jurgården, and then that big 8 nothing loss to the Lakers, which, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that is... Uh, the the largest goal differential for for a game this season. It is, yeah. Uh, and we should mention. I don't want to take anything away from from uh, Oscar Sound, but Frölunda should beat Oscar Sound four to one any day of the week. So, um, and we should mention actually, Oscar Sound got uh, a massive twenty nine shots on goal in that game as well. So, um, they're not looking good. It seems like there's a chemistry thing not kind of being settled or. They haven't been able to find that chemistry. We were kind of talking about that a couple of weeks ago as well with Ferlunda. <clears throat> Pretty much, they well, they changed most of their team. They changed the core of the team, basically. Uh, and, uh, yeah, there's something missing there. Well, one of the perhaps reasons for their kind of struggles, I guess, you could probably say their power play because their power play is hitting 13th overall in the league right now, just 21%, which from a team like Ferlunda, you would definitely expect more on the man advantage. For sure, and uh, over the past couple of seasons, whenever you watched the Ferlunda power play, or, or up until this season, I should pro- probably say, whenever they were on the man advantage, given it could have been a five on four, or even not even a five on three, but let's say a five on four, they 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 had a way of playing the power play that most teams in the SHL kind of they're 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 it's just not there for the most of the SHL team. What they did was they. Let's say that the defending team had a diamond box or whatever, a, a regular box. It doesn't really matter because what they did, they played the, the puck around that box for, I don't know, 15, 20, 30, maybe even 40 seconds. And while they were doing so, their demon kind of pushed in. So the box, without even taking notice themselves, got smaller, opening up massive areas for the demon to just fire away whenever they got the chance after a couple of seconds or half a minute or so and they're not doing that anymore i don't know what happened well i think they're one of the main reasons you can probably pinpoint is the lack of ryan lash could be actually because he he was he was always kind of in control of their power play lundquists would set up right in front of the net and so many times lash being such a small player and so speedy he was just able to keep possession of the puck and draw guys to him and then feed it out front to Lundqvist, or like you said, feed it back to the line and have a shot on net that is, you know, fairly wide open. Um, so perhaps without him and his abilities on the man advantage, their uh, their power play is struggling this year. That's a very good point. I really I didn't think as far uh, as that, and uh, yeah, that could be the 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 key to it. They need to find, quote unquote, a Ryan Lash on the power play, and I don't know who that would be just now. Um, I'm, it's I'm big sure. shoes to fill, that's for sure. It is, and just looking at uh, Ryan Lash's stats from last season, uh, he, ha- he had five goals and 22 assists on the power play, uh, and he scored uh, 12 goals and 30- 36 assists in total, so that tells you a bit. 
So pretty much half of his points or even more than that came on the power of play, which is, yeah, goes to show. Yeah, exactly. We so, should mention, yeah. actually, speaking of Ferlunda, Theodore Niedebach scored his first SHL goal last, uh, yesterday, which is awesome. Good oh, for him. That's also fantastic. Beauty of a goal as well. Always nice to get that first one out of the way. It is, yeah. It was a nice uh, nice setup, uh, pretty much a tic-tac-toe play. Could have been, might have been on the power play, actually. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. Good for him. Uh, I have high hopes for him going forward, so that's cool. Moving on to the next team, like you had mentioned, Rogla coming away with a big 4-2 victory over the Lakers this evening. And um, like you said, they've got games in hand. They've only got 18 games played, but sitting second overall with 38 points, uh, just one point ahead of the Lakers. So that was a big win for them. Um, and yeah, they actually three, passed the Lakers. They uh, did, yeah, with yeah. that win. So and just three points back of Ferlunda with four games in hand, and they're also uh, well, they've got a plus eighteen goal differential. So uh, they just keep on rolling. Uh, you know, they they started strong, and I don't think we've really seen a whole lot of weakness from Rogla so far this season. No, we haven't. They've been on a hot streak. Actually, they came, they just broke uh, a two-game losing streak because they lost to Lean Shopping uh, Thursday and to Frelunda yesterday. But uh, before that, they had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight straight games with at least one point, which is uh, good for them. And the games they didn't grab a win, they were OT losses, obviously. So, yeah. Uh, they had a big a bit of a good stretch there, stretch there, uh, putting them back in uh, in the top of the league, uh, not the top, but in the top tier. Um, Rogue has been awesome to see, man, and uh, I think we should talk a bit more about Moritz Sider because uh, the guy plays like he's done nothing else in his life, and it's what is he, 19, 18? I can't even remember. I think he's 19. Um, he's <laughs> he's so fun to watch, man. Um, it's uh, the regular team. They're great. Uh, obviously, we've had a couple of regular guys on the show. Uh, we're gonna have another one, uh, maybe in the coming week. Actually, um, I'm looking into that. Uh, and I mean, we're not biased or anything, but it's so much fun to watch and see what regular are doing. And it's nice to see that they're kind of building on the success from last season and the season prior to that. Well, half season prior to that. Um, and now they're playing like the top team they're supposed to be. And the, those two uh, one-goal losses earlier in the week were just they just flat out erased them uh, today, which is cool. And they've got a big game coming up away against Lulio uh, Tuesday, which should be a, a nice little test for them because Lulio are looking to be to bounce back from a couple of bad bad games. Yeah, that's going to be a big game. But yeah, like you said, Rogla is just a really exciting and a fun team to watch. And, you know, at the end of last season, last year, with no playoffs happening, both you and me had expressed, you know, our disappointment that we weren't going to be able to watch Rogla in the postseason and perhaps, you know, push for a, a potential championship. Um, but you know what? They they bounce back uh, pretty well this season, despite losing uh, a couple of key pieces. Cody Curran, uh, first and foremost, among those pieces that didn't come back to the roster this season. But just looking at their, you know, their big four uh, stats right now. They're first overall in goals per game. They're second overall in goals against per game. Their power play is sitting at 30%, which is first overall in the league, obviously. The one kind of portion of their game that's uh, a little bit struggling is their penalty kill, which sits 10th overall with 73%. But other than that, Rogla is just having a fantastic year, and yeah, they're they're definitely one of, if not the team to beat this season. For sure, and let's just go into a couple of individuals here. Um, it's I think it's really important to highlight how the import, the emergence, I should say, of Simon Rui Foch this season, because in the past, he's had 
at the most uh, six goals in a season, in a regular season, uh, in 52 games he had uh, last season. Already in 18 games, he scored 11 goals. Yeah. Uh, he add to that, he had uh, five assists, so he's got 16 points in 18 games. But just the sheer volume of goals coming from his stick uh, this season and er- this early in the season, it bodes really well for them. Also, we should mention that um, uh, Adam Tambellini, who who they signed from Modo in the past, well, this past summer, he has eight points, but he's only played seven games so far. So he's a bit of a dark horse still. He opened up really well, got injured, and I think he made his return yesterday. Um, Yeah, he did. So so, uh, that's good for him. That's good for Rogel, actually. Uh, in, in the long run, he scored. He scored today. He had an assist yesterday against Perlunda, so he's pretty much back where he picked off. Uh, sorry, left off. So excellent, excellent uh, signings, excellent coaching, I should say, probably for for to get the emergence of of uh, of Simon Rifosh. Also, we should mention that a player like Leon Bristet, he's only got two goals so far. Oli Palola only got two goals so far. Oli Palola is a probably a star player in any team. He was more of a depth signing. For I know I had a big discussion with Mike Helber about this because I was kind of questioning his ice time. But looking at his ice time, he's actually average, averaging uh, 15 minutes, three seconds a game. So he's pretty much there and he's got 11 points. So he's got nine assists. So it goes to show they kind of, they, they, they're gluing the thing together, man. It's awesome. Yeah, and um, obviously Cody Curran had kind of left a big gap on their blue line, and it's hard to fill that gap with just one player. But they've got a couple of defensemen stepping up uh, on offense. Eric Shellina is uh, is having a great season from the blue line. He's got 13 points, four goals in the 18 games. Nicholas Hansen has got 11 points. And then um, Moritz Sider, like you had mentioned, playing well this season in just 12 games played. He's got eight points. So they are getting some offense from the back end, which uh, I think is definitely helping them uh, uh, win games. Yes. Um, also, uh, I shouldn't say like disappointments, but I was kind of expecting more from Brady Ferguson, uh, bouncing back to the forwards there a bit. But but um, I'm I'm kind of intrigued by by Craig Shearer. Um, he's only played six games, and I can't really remember why he's done so. Uh, well, did he get injured earlier, like a massive injury? Because he only played in the first. He only played the first six games. So I don't know what's going on there, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure. I can't. Uh, I can't quite remember. That was so long ago. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, I'm gonna look into that. That's not a good, good radio show, but hey, that's that's what happens. <laughs> but uh, I think we're gonna find um, reasons to come back to Rugla uh, in the coming weeks and months. Absolutely. Uh, but moving on to team number three, who we had previously mentioned, the Vecre Lakers, who are having a bit of a bounce-back season after a couple of rough ones the last couple seasons. They are, yeah. And what's baffling with with Vecre to me is that they're kind of on and off. Um, I can't really find seem to find what they're doing right when they're doing stuff right and what they're doing wrong when they're doing stuff. Well, it's easier to pinpoint what they're doing wrong because when they're losing, their transition game isn't really working. They're, they're, when they're, when they're losing, it's easy to say that they're looking sloppy, but they are. They're, it's like the loss to Jurgen, and it wasn't like they're in the decisive moments of the game. They kind of, well, looks like, looked like they, they didn't kind of care. I'm probably using a too harsh word here, but, 
uh, I couldn't find an English word to kind of fit in there. But after that 3-2 uh, loss, they went 3-0 on Malmö, 8-0 on Frölunda, and 3-0 to Linköping before losing today. So, uh, and actually, that Linköping game, they should probably, they should thank their lucky star a bit because Linköping had three shots in the crossbar or, or off the post. Um, they failed to capitalize on the power play yet again. Um, while, I should mention, Victor Fast played a really good game again, uh, earning his 22nd or even 23rd, I can't remember who, if he was in net against Ferlanda, shout out in, the, in his career, which is awesome. Yeah, well, uh, that's first and foremost for the Lakers is their goaltender tandem, which is why, uh, one of the main reasons I think they're having such success. Victor Fast, 38 years old, Victor Fast, we should mention. Uh, he's played nine games. He's got a 1.65 goals against and a 9.40 save percentage, which is just insane. Jesus and then Eric Calgren has 12 goals or 12 games played, so he is kind of the 1A in that tandem. There's not really a backup and a starter. It's They're kind of going with both. But Calgren in 12 games played has 2.08 goals against and a 9.21 save percentage. So that goaltender tandem for them between the pipes is absolutely amazing. And that's really one of the things that they've lacked over the last couple of seasons was not necessarily good goaltenders, but confident goaltenders. And I think Victor Fast has kind of regained his confidence playing between the pipes because he had a couple of rough seasons the last couple of years. I um, just want to add to Victor Fast there. Um, I was watching, I think it was the Malmo game. Yeah, it was. Um, and he had a post-game interview with Seymour, who is the official broadcaster in Sweden. Um, and the, the commentator, because it was only him doing the interview, um, Kind of, I don't know what he asked really, but you could see Victor Fast kind of getting tears in his eye, and I don't think everyone noticed it. But the the Patrick Vesper who asked the question, he kind of went on a bit of a tangent about that. Yes, one uh, <clears throat> Fast kind of left the interview, and we were like, I was wondering if he was tearing up, blah blah blah, and it looked like he did, and I don't know why. But the words Victor Fast kind of used when he was tearing up, because I, I do agree with Patrick here, it, it, he did, was, it's the best game ever. I love the sport. So I think it's, it's must have been some sort of emotional roller coaster for him, for him this season. But he's playing really well. And whatever they're doing right, just keep on doing it. Because I love Victor Fast when he's on top of his game. So it's it's awesome to see. And like you said, he's 38 years old. He's been, he's been <laughs> playing for ages, man. Yeah, and, and just looking at stats, you know, from his previous two seasons where the Lakers had struggled, he did have decent stats, especially back in 2018-2019. Uh, he had 35 games played with a 199 goals against a 919 save percentage. So that was pretty good. Last year, though, he did struggle a little bit between the pipes, but he definitely is, is back to uh, fine form this season, that's for sure. Yeah, and he had uh, three straight shutouts. He did play in all of, all those games when they when they went on their streak, uh, earning him his like I said twenty third shutout of his career in the SHL, which is insane to be fair. Um, yeah, it's 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 a lot. And uh, yeah. he was not in net today, was he? Uh, I'm just looking at that because it, it's a rare occasion playing back to back in Sweden. No, it was Eric Schellgren today. <clears throat> So, okay. But yeah, um, I'm going to try to actually get Sam Hallam on, on the show. He might not want to do it. We'll see. Um, because I would like to hear his thoughts on on coaching philosophy, um, bounce back season, what they've changed, stuff like that. So we'll see if we can get him on. That, yeah, that would be cool. great. 
Uh, number four coming in at, with 36 points on the season, 19 games played, uh, plus nine goal differential is Luleo, who honestly, uh, when was the last time we saw Luleo outside the top three? Uh, it's been a while. Uh, I watched their game against Lexan yesterday, and I have not seen Lulu as sloppy as 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 yesterday uh, in in ages. They were throwing away pucks. They were sloppy on the offensive blue line. They kind of didn't help Jesper Wallstedt at all. Uh, we should point out that uh, David Raucho is out injured, so yes, Jesper Wallstedt is <clears throat> playing a lot. Um, because they got another junior goalkeeper as their third goalie. Uh, so I'm guessing unless Rautio comes back or Rautio comes back uh, Tuesday, we'll see Valstead again, which is good for him because he's uh, due, due to be drafted in the upcoming NHL draft, whenever the hell that is. Uh, but going back to Lulu, I don't know. Um, they're They're winning some games. They're sloppy in the next game. A bit on and off. It could just be the wear and tear of this season, this very weird season. Could be. Yeah, and, and they've been traveling a lot. Um, and, and yeah, being the 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 northernmost team in the league, their travel schedule is a little tougher than most teams. But um, yeah, like you mentioned, they're just kind of up and down in their last five games. I'm just looking here. They won four one against Faryastad, then lost five one against HV seventy one, then won four nothing against Haleftio and then 5-3 against Malmo, and then lose 6-3 against Lexan. So they are just, they are all over the place right now. Yeah, and speaking of being all over the place, let's roll back a bit further, because I think we went through this in the, like, the last episode, or <clears throat> if not, we should have. So between the November 19th and November 24th, they had five, uh, four games. That's four games in six days. Uh, three of them being away. So yeah, they that's, played... that's tough. At home to Arebro, then they went to Linköping, Karlstad to play Färjestad, and down to Jönköping to play HV71. Uh, Linköping, Färjestad was also a back-to-back. They won both before losing to HV71 in a game. They did dominate, and they still lost 5-1. So it's not a fair score, or the score did, doesn't kind of reflect the game. Then they bounced back, beating rivals uh, Skellefteå away for nothing. So. I think this is just the wear and tear of what they've been going through, and I'm not sure, I don't want to say anything, but I'm not sure if they've had COVID, if they're having COVID. We're, we don't know. So so it could be lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Actually, and... I want to say something positive about Lulio, because we, we the former captain of Linköping, Eddie Larsson, uh, got signed by Lulu. We've gone through this, and I like I told you, uh, like I told you uh, when they signed him, if they can play Eddie Larson at a sheltered role, he'll be excellent, and he's done really well with 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 Lulio. Uh, prior to this week, I think Lulio without Eddie Larson had an average of I don't know 1.2 points per game when he didn't play, and 2.5 points per game when he did play. So it's been really good with them. Um, yeah. Kudos, credits where he's where he's due, man. Yeah, and uh, moving on to number five, Orebro. 18 games played, 34 points, eight plus eight goal differential, and fallen down the standings a little bit. But I think that's not due to their play, but just due to the fact that they don't have as many games played. They've got four games in hand against Forlunda and are yeah one of the teams with only 18 games played so far. So they're still sitting fifth overall and are, uh, are looking pretty good because they're only, well, four points back of second place Rogla. And just the seven points back of first place for Lundo with four games in hand. So yeah, and uh, Arbro 
what kind of happens here is whenever a team kind of goes through the COVID, because we should mention teams have had COVID, teams are having COVID right now, uh, their games are getting postponed. We're not canceling games in Sweden yet. They're getting postponed to a later date. And for some of the teams, whenever they've gone through the COVID kind of bye week, it's a stretch of the imagination again, but still, um, it looks like like like, like HP seventy one. They had their fair share of COVID a couple of weeks ago, and then pretty much every po- uh, every opponent after that also got hit with COVID. Not prior to, but after. So their schedule got shot to pieces. And we're seeing the same thing with, with Erebro. I don't know if they've had COVID. I can't even remember who's had it or who hasn't. But they haven't played since November 21st. And it's December 6th today. Yeah. So and so obviously that's, uh, that's given other teams a, a chance to catch up. Yeah, and looking at their schedule going forward now, they got a massive week coming up. Uh, or a massive couple of weeks, I should say. They're playing December 8th, 10th, 12th, 13th, 17th, 19th, prior to Christmas. And then they got the usual uh, schedule between Christmas and and New Year's, which is December 26th, 28th, and 30th. So, uh, yeah, we're seeing lots of, like, compressed schedules prior to Christmas, and uh, we'll see more of that after Christmas as well. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a tough run for for Ribro with so many games in such a short amount of time. But uh, I'm sure they'll probably hope to take advantage of those uh, those games and uh, move their way back up potentially into the top three. They are on a six game point streak with three wins and uh, three regular ti- uh, regular um, regulation wins, I should say, and three overtime losses. So um, they were hit whenever they got shut down. Um, it didn't come timely to them. Yeah. And rounding out the top six, the only team with a minus our goal differential sitting minus two with 34 points and leading the league in games played with 23, number six overall is Haleftio. Yeah. Uh, let's start with the positives. Uh, among the, like, there's a stats page on SHL.se when you can look at the players in the last five games. Joachim Lindstrom in his past five games has two goals and four assists, and Oscar Muller has. Uh, two goals and three assists. So they're waking up, which is good for Kaleftio. Uh, we've been talking about them being bit, a bit of a uh, reserve. <laughs> which a is a slow to start to the season, I guess. Yes, uh, yeah. which is healthy for them. Um, they're, I haven't seen them play in a couple of days now, but uh, I did see them against Linköping. They weren't great. Uh, I did see them against... Ooh, I can't even remember now. The days are... Or the games are kind of melting together as well, but yeah, they're they're sloppy on the one side, and then they're just brilliant. Come the next game, um, last yesterday, oh yeah, yesterday they had this shootout kind of thing. They won six five on overtime against Brines, which is just a weird game. And Brines actually were were up once or twice, but they lost in shootout to Ferrystad. They lost four nothing to to uh, Lulio. Yeah, they're mixing and matching. I don't know why. Well, Uh, one thing that really jumps off the page at me is their goals per game stat is not great right now. Just 2.65 goals per game average, sitting 11th overall in the league. However, on the other side of that, their penalty kill is tied for best in the league right now with the Lakers at 85%. So they're lacking some offense, but they certainly are making up for it on their own side of the ice. I wonder if Andreas Falk, their new coach, is kind of... Trying his way out there, so we'll, 
we'll see. I I don't know their PDO, uh, but you were talking special teams. But I think he's starting to kind of stir the pot a bit. Uh, could be. Yeah, absolutely. They've been hit with injuries, I think, as well. Uh, quite hefty. So so uh, we'll see what happens. Well, yeah, and we we are, well, I guess, approaching the halfway point of the season. And one thing that really jumps off as far as standings in the top six are concerned is just how tight the race is between first and sixth overall. Typically, you know, you get those one or two at the very top that are kind of, you know, not out of reach, but they're, they're, they're taken off around this point in the season. But we've got just a seven-point gap between first and sixth. So that's, that's what, two and a half or three games. Uh, worth of points for for six to jump out into first. So the the battle right now for the top six is very very tight. It is, yeah. And uh, with with Linköping actually, they had a three three game win streak broken yesterday. Oscar Sam have been <clears throat> hit pretty hefty uh, with uh, with losses. They've lost com- momentum completely. But Jurgården are there. Lexan are playing really well actually uh, from time to time. Ferrisson are re- playing really well. So. I can see this going on for quite some time before we get like like you said a bit of a uh, like a bit of a break between or uh, bigger distance I guess. Yeah, well and speaking of uh Faristad and Lexan, they both sit 7th and 8th respectively. Both have 20 games played and both have 30 points overall on the season. And um if I'm not mistaken, I think Lexan only had 34 maybe 36 points in the entire season last year so they they're definitely definitely uh, making major steps and major improvements this season yeah there are a couple of players um to thank for that because marik rivik has 25 points in 17 games carter camper has 23 points in 20 games and peter salaric has 21 points in 20 games played so they're one two and four in the shl uh, player standings so far which is insane well, yeah, and going into this season, me and you had talked about that line potentially having the capability of being one of the best lines in the league, and they certainly have lived up to it. They have just been absolutely dominant so far. However, Lexand is is missing depth, I think, when it comes to, uh, to to offense because you've got Matt Cato and Patrick Zacherson are the only two other players on Lexand with at least 10 points. Everybody else is sitting seven points or less, and so they, they have that one line that is absolutely dominant but you need that depth to really have uh success especially going into the playoffs in the postseason yeah i I don't know what their aim is i'm guessing just try to establish themselves this season which would be a fair fair goal to set um given what happened last year but like you said there's there's no depth. Um, Patrick Sackerson scored his first goal yesterday. A beauty of a shot, by the way. But um, he only has one goal in 20 games, which isn't a lot. Uh, Matt Cato is a D-man, so you can't really expect too much. But he's, he has 11 assists, which is, well, just excellent. I love watching Matt Cato play. I think he's uh, one of the most underrated D-men in the league, to be fair. But yeah, Oscar Lang scored his third goal last uh, yesterday, yesterday. And looking at goal scorers... Um, Peter Stelarik has 12, Carter Camper has 10, Mark Rivik Mark has 5. That's it. Yeah, and well, between those those three, they've got 27 goals between those three. Their next top six players, as far as goals are concerned, have a total of 15 goals between yes. the six of them. So, so it tells you quite a lot. 
Yeah, exactly. Rivik didn't play yesterday. Instead, Isaac Rosian actually took his place on the first line, which is kind of cool. Uh, I think he's 20 year old, 20 years old or something. So yeah, he he did really well. I gotta say, I don't know if he came away with any points, but he looked solid. Um, I liked it. Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's that's great. Uh, we kind of <laughs> skipped over Faristad here. Yeah, so let's I, back and I, talk about Faristad. I had a bit of a transition here because 30 points in 20 games played for Lexan is a, I say, grade C, grade B mark, probably. Yeah. Um, tw- 30 points in 20 games for. Play, 20 games played for Ferrystad isn't good enough. No, absolutely. Um, like you said, for Lexand, it's 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 good because they're improving upon last season. It's their second second year back from uh, getting back into the big league. But Ferrystad is one of those teams that you expect to be at least in the top six uh, every, every season and uh, approaching kind of the midway point of the season. They uh, they're they're underperforming uh, they expectations. Are. But. Since uh, their loss against Fralunda, November 12th, they've got four wins in five games. And I think they're one of the most uh, informed teams in the league, to be fair. So after that weird international Cariola Cup break, uh, Ferrystad has kind of fi- found their game again, which is good for them. So <clears throat> um, they're very bad uh, start to the season. They're kind of working on uh, getting those points back, if you will. So let's, I, I would, yeah, I just said that 30 points in 20 games isn't good enough for Ferry Style, but let's give them a mid-season grade after Christmas, like on December, I don't know, 27th or whatever, when they're playing, or actually in the New Year's, this, uh, January 3rd, because then, then they've gone through, if everything goes to plan, the Christmas schedule, everything like that. If they're still, uh, like, with a 1.5 per game uh, points per game, we can give them a bad grade. Then I'm not going to cut them away from uh, being a top tier team in the league so far. Yeah, absolutely. But um, let's move on. Speaking of underperforming teams, both your Gordon and HV71, ninth and tenth overall, respectively. 29 points for your Gordon, 25 for HV71. Another pair of teams that uh, <laughs> I think people expect more out of. Yeah, I want to start with something positive with Jurgård, and I watched them yesterday. Yesterday against Malmo, it was, to be fair, quite poor, poor of a game. Uh, it wasn't a nice showing from any of the teams. Uh, the first period was okay. The second period was really boring, and the third period was well. Jurgård scored twice and given them a three-one win. So, but they they won despite playing bad. Well, not playing good, I should say. Um, they did lose 5-1 to one against uh, HV71 Thursday, but let's skip that because prior to that, they actually beat Lexan 3-0. They got Frelunda away 3-2, and they beat Brinas 4-1. Uh, they also beat Vekua 3-2. <clears throat> so they, they're actually in shape as well. And also, uh, they won twice in a week uh, uh, on away ice, which is good because that's their first two wins away from Stockholm in the entire season. So they're finding their groove. I'm not too worried. Yeah, one of their, well, we had talked about for Lunda's struggles on the power play, that they were 13th overall in the league at 21%. Jurgården, however, kind of in a league of their own when it comes to struggling on the power play, just 16% efficiency on the power play, which is far and away the worst in the league. Yeah, and uh, they need to do something there, but they're winning, and if they can get things going on the power play, they'll be dangerous. Yeah, I think if, yeah, that's the one part that they really need to get working to start winning some more hockey games and potentially make a push for the top six heading into the second half of the season. Yeah, what kind of worries me uh, is 
William Eklund is uh, out. He's not playing right now. And uh, <clears throat> we don't know when he'll be back. Uh, but what I do like is Bobby Nardella. I don't know if we talked about this, but he, he he's alone from the Washington, Washington Capitals organization. He scored a nice goal yesterday. Uh, he's playing really well, actually. Um, I didn't know much about him before his arrival to Sweden. Uh, but he looks... Like a, he's a decent skater. He's adapted well to the big eyes. He can, he can both shoot the puck and keep it uh, away from the D man or the, the the opponents. I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, a great find from from their management. And I think uh, I think he'll, he can if he can bring that back to North America. He could be a solid like I don't know bottom three D man I guess in the NHL. But still, he's an NHL player. He could probably do more than that. I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's uh, he's shown some pretty good potential this season, and like you said, it uh, a good kind of I guess quiet pickup for uh, for your Gordon. Definitely. And HV seventy one rounding out the top ten. Um, they are sitting with twenty games played, so they do have a couple games in hand over some of the other teams. Uh, sitting at minus two goal differential, and uh, twenty five points on the season. However. Their power play tied for first overall in the league with Rogla sitting at 30% as well. So special teams is working for them. Uh, their penalty kills also fourth overall in the league. So special teams is working for them. It's just uh, they, they seem to kind of be struggling uh, five on five. Yeah, I haven't watched them too much. I can't even remember when I watched them last time. I think it was the lean shuffling game. So that's quite some time ago, to be fair. But... They did win yesterday. It was apparently a pretty scrappy game between them and Oscar Sound. A 2-1 win for them in Oscar Sound, which is good. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Oscar Sound and HV71, or Yunshefing as HV71, uh, that's their hometown. It's not far away from each other, and it's a bit of a county derby, if you will. So it was probably a nice more moral victory, I guess. Uh, for them. Um, they got a decent schedule coming up. They're playing Linköping this week. Uh, they're playing Frölunda, and they, they also got Erbro if Erbro comes back into play uh, in the week. So I can see them grabbing six or nine points with an out-of-shape Frölunda, uh, an Erbro side who hasn't been playing a lot, and a Linköping team that kind of gives shuffle, shuffles the deck and kind of gives you what you get. So uh, they got a, a pretty important week coming up, but uh, it's nothing that they might not be able to handle. Yeah, they, like you said, they, they, they've got a lot of points on the table coming up, and if they're able to capitalize and you know string together two or three regulation wins, that could potentially propel them into the top six if they're able to grab all all nine points and uh, and get some losses, obviously, from other teams. But uh, yeah, they've got some potential to uh, to move ahead and uh, move back up into the standings. Obviously, sitting on the bubble right now, Oscar Shum sitting 11th overall also has 25 points, and they've also got a couple games in hand against HV71. So HV really needs to take advantage of uh, the the games coming up for them. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, Oscar Schaum, 11th overall, 18 games played, 25 points on the season. They've kind of slipped down the standings over the last couple of weeks because I believe the last episode we had, they were sitting 7th or 8th overall. So they've uh, slipped down uh, into the 11th spot. They were, yeah. They're on a losing streak again. Uh, they're actually on a Jesus Christ one, two, three, four, five, six game losing streak. Uh, five of them being regulation losses. So uh, not a great period uh, of, of games uh, for them. 
and uh, their PDO is coming down like uh, well, I would sh shouldn't say, but a certain uh, ship uh, that sank a couple of, about a hundred years ago. So um, <laughs> yeah, they're not looking good, and they're playing Mecca Tuesday again. So uh, another important game for them. Then they've got a very important game against a uh, very struggling Malmo side Thursday. So it might be two teams with very long losing streaks heading into that game because I don't see Oscar Sam uh, winning against Vekor. And then they're playing uh, Rogla on Saturday as well. So they've got a couple of really <laughs> tough tough contests coming up. And like you said, they, they should, not necessarily should beat Malmo, but they need to if they want to break yes. this, if they want to break this losing streak, because it's one of those games that you're going in and obviously Malmo's been struggling. They've had their struggles and it's not, you know, something that is guaranteed to happen. But if when you're on such a losing streak and let's say they do end up losing on Tuesday, that extends it to seven game losing streak. And sometimes, you know, you just need maybe a bit of an easier team to get you out of that funk, to get you back onto the winning track. And I think that's what they need to do against Malmo. Yeah, and if you're an Oscar Sound fan, you should be worried because their PDO uh, on the season is a, a just shy of 103. But in the last five games, all of them being losses, they're 100.98. And 100 is kind of the mark here. It's where you're supposed to be on a season it, to be put easy, and someone will shoot me online. But it's offense and defense kind of combined. So uh, you, sh you should be around 100. And uh, they're not. Well, well, they are, and they're still playing poorly, I should say. Yeah. And sitting Speaking in... of which, sorry, uh, yeah, Vekva is on a PDO bender in their last five games because they're uh, at 110. Oh, wow. And Ferrystad is at 107. So, yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, or it's a sign of worry because they'll come crashing down at some point. Well, maybe not crashing down, but it certainly isn't a sustainable PDO, true. I don't think. That is true. But uh, anyways, moving on. Number 12, Lin Shoping sitting with 18 games played. So they got some games in hand. 21 points on the season and minus 10 goal differential. But we should also mention uh, Brock Little hitting a, kind of a milestone in his career the other day. Yeah, he. I've been tweeting a lot about it. I've been writing about it. He is. He scored his 20. Third and 24th game-winning goal uh, a couple of games back. Uh, I think he scored he scored a game-winning goal against... Who did they play? Jebrugle. And he also had the game-winner against Malmö prior to that. So marking his 23rd and 24th game-winning goal, which is now standing alone on top as uh, the most game-winning goals by a U.S.-born player in Swedish uh, top-tier hockey, which is quite something. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big milestone for him. So congratulations to Brock Little. Now, hopefully, they can kind of uh, keep the momentum going and pull themselves out of that uh, number 12 spot right now because they have had uh, a pretty good showing over the last four games. The uh, Obviously, the kind of the, the, the blemish against the Lakers stands out, but they had a big 2-1 win against Rogo, like you mentioned, that big win against Malmo, and uh, the shootout win against HV71. So they're, they're, they're kind of pulling themselves back out of the bottom, I think. They are, and that win against Malmo was important. They came back being down 3-1, I believe, to win it, and uh, with Brock Little scoring the, both the equalizing goal and the game winner. Uh, I want to mention something else about Brock Little. I seem to be, I think he's scored 134 goals in the SHL so far. 
And uh, the most goal scored by an American player is by Tom Bissett, who played for Brinas in the late 1990s and early 2000s. He had 136. So that's quite something. Uh, we should yeah. see Brock Little surpass that any day, any day now. Really. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, yeah, so I mean, and imagine imagine where he would be had he not taken kind of well, not taken the season off, but not gone to Switzerland for that one season uh, back in 2017. Yeah, and also imagine where he would be had he played uh, at a bit of a better team. To be fair. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but man, I mean, like like you said, I mean, the guys uh, had. What if he'd been sticking with Lean Shopping for a season, or I don't know, you could ifs and buts or candy and nuts. But yeah, the guy is insane. He's he's so good, and he kind of likes not being in the spotlight. I, I I'm getting the feeling. So good for him. I'm so happy. He's a great guy to talk to, and I keep coming back to this. But he's he he told me something on a post-game interview I did last season. Oh, he scored, well, he scored a game winner against, I think it was Erbro last season or something back home. And I asked him because he just, whenever he scores, he celebrates like Ovechkin pretty much. He, he It's like he's won the World Cup or won the World Championship or, or an Olympic gold or whatever you want to say every time he scores. Unless they're losing big, of course. But And I asked him, what's so... How do you kind of uh, can you describe the emotions? And he said, "No, uh, the best goals to score is the next goal." And I love that. Yeah, that's that's so that tells you something, and I, I I really like that. Well, yeah, everything I I've never personally talked to him, but everything I've read, everything I've seen, every time I've seen him in an interview, he just seems to have such a passion for the game, and he just he loves every minute he's out there on the ice, and that's really. It's really, it's it's great to see from, you know, and like you said, celebrating like he wins the Stanley Cup every time he scores a goal is, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. It brings kind of a, a fun element to the to the game. Yeah, and I don't know him personally, uh, but looking at him going into a game, it's like he's got a very business-like demeanor. He's going, it's his job, and it is his job. It really is, but he's playing hockey, and it, all those emotions and feelings when he scores it goes to show that he's just enjoying the game out there uh, and i love that yeah absolutely. the more emotions you see from when someone scores that the better I, I don't like the players you know just going for a fist bump and that's it because they scored a goal that's what they're supposed to celebrate it's fun it's hockey yeah, it's sports exactly i love that all right moving on to the bottom two now i had mentioned uh obviously the top six are pretty tight but something that kind of stands out to me on the standings list is the very kind of evenly matched stats when it comes to plus and minus goals for and against i mean you've got the two standouts with rogla and Vecco sitting at plus 18 and then lin chopings at minus 10 but other than that the teams are fairly <laughs> evenly matched when it comes to that stat except for unfortunately our bottom two teams in brinas and malmo Minus 23 for Brinus and minus 24 for Malmo. So neither one of those teams really having a great offensive season. No, and this, this despite Brinus winning against Frölunda 7-1 to one, uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. No, these teams are completely off the radar right now. I think Brinus has one win in the last 10 games. And that's they got three out of a possible 30 points in the past 10 games. And we'll, they've played 18, uh, which is just bonkers uh malma seems to be they're finding a way to lose 
they're not finding ways to win. They're finding ways to lose now. Um, they played really well in the first period against Jurgen yesterday. They played a decent second period. They've been struggling in the first periods uh, earlier in this on this losing streak. Now they're struggling to complete the 60 minutes of hockey. We we saw that this with Linköping last season. They kind of fell apart on key key moments in the game. Malmö are kind of not falling apart. They're just drifting off. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how how to kind of des- describe it because they're well, a good think, team on paper. They're a good team. Not I think a great the great team. I think the best way to describe it is you kind of have to have fall apart before you can fall apart. And Malmo just hasn't had something this season. Uh, just, you, were, you were breaking up a bit. I didn't quite catch you. Sorry. Oh, I, I was saying like to, for Malmo to fall apart, they have to have something to fall apart in the first place. And they just haven't had that thing this season. They just haven't been there. That is true. They, they haven't. Um, I don't know what's going on. Um, we kind of say, said they were going to, do a bit of a rebuild season because, <clears throat> yeah, some of the signings were not weird, but yeah, I was kind of expecting a bit of more of a stature of signings, maybe. Um, yesterday's loss to you, Gordon, they didn't really look good. They fell apart completely at home to Linköping, losing a 3-1 three, lead, losing in overtime. I saw them against Lexand, they didn't look good. Uh, I saw them against Becca, they didn't look good. I didn't see them against Lulio, I don't think. Um, or did I? I can't even remember. But yeah, they play well for 20, maybe 40 minutes, and then they just drift off, and there's a chemistry, or there's a broken play, and there's a broken stick. And you should keep in mind that they've got one of the best goalies in the league in Oscar Alsenfeld, and he's been playing lights out. He's been excellent. He's been so good. But even he can stop, can only stop so much. Yeah, and well, as the old saying goes, goalies can't score goals. Unfortunately, they can. You can have the best goaltender in the world, but if you don't have an offense in front of you, you're not going to win a lot of games. I'm sorry, but yeah, that is true. And when your top uh, top players on the team for points are, uh, I think it's Patrick Westrom, could be uh, his brother. Um, I'm going to look it up because I lost a page. I'm sorry. Great great radio again. Yeah, it's Pontus Vestra. I'm sorry. He's got six goals and 10 assists in 20 games. It's not good. It's not good enough. They've got no goal, no player with more than seven goals. It's Evan Sylvgård, who has been playing great, I should say. Um, Joe Valeno scored. Well, he scored a couple of goals. He's got four, four goals and four assists in 16 games play. But no, man. They're... Yeah, it's a tough season for Malmo so far. But um, yeah, so that does it for the, uh, the standings rundown and kind of the rundown for each of the teams, how they're doing, if they're performing as expected. Um, but we do also have uh, a couple of rumors running around the rumor mill right now. Yeah, let's dig into that. Um, actually, uh, let's start with Feristad. Uh, yeah. They bought out. I completely missed this during the week. Wojtek Mosek, their D-man, is, has been bought out. And he's leaving the SHL by the looks of it. And he's moving back to the KHL. He came to Ferrystad from Vityas Podolsk, I believe. And he's now heading to China for Kudlin Red Star. That's a that's one hell of a move. <laughs> uh, yeah. Where he'll so, be teammate with uh, Sam Lovquist, I believe. 
So now, have you heard anything about that? Was he not performing as far as that expected? Was there something personal going on, or do we just not really know? He was not performing up to standards. Um, I read about about it the other day. Uh, he got actually scratched for uh, two games straight, and uh, he's not up to standards because he wanted they wanted him to be like on a leadership role or a leading role on the D, and he hasn't been so. Probably an expensive buyout, but hey. Yeah. But Especially they gotta make room. They gotta make room and bring somebody else in that they will that can perform as expected, I guess. Oh, uh, dude. Apparently, uh, he he. I, I, I kind of misunderstood the situation with the KHL. He he was supposed well, had he not been traded in the KHL because the Vichas Podolsk or Vichas. Uh, still had his rights, so. Uh, but he got traded to Kunlun uh, recently. That's why he's heading to China. Oh, okay. So, just a point of clarification there. But yeah, he was not playing up to standards, so that's why they kind of cut the cord. Gotcha. And I actually read. Let's move on to the second guy here. I'm gonna do some coughing. I've got a cold. Sorry, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, we we got video, so Dave sees me break down uh, whenever I go for these coughs, but you guys <laughs> don't, which is lucky for me. Uh, Jonathan Siglet, it looks to be actually he's been told to look around for a new club, and this is interesting because Jonathan Siglet is 34 years old uh, right uh, currently, and he signed for Brinas in the fall of 2019, signing a two-year deal, so it's actually on his last year. But at the point of signing, he said it would be his last contract in his career. So he's actually said already he's going to retire after this season. So we'll see what happens. One possibility could be he I actually read that somewhere. He might be if might just be sitting out his contract. He might get bought out. We'll see. Yeah, which uh, which is a shame. I always like watching Jonathan Sigalev play. He's a, he's a great player out there on the ice, and um, it it it's kind of a crappy way to finish your career i guess being told to look for another team but uh it'll be interesting to see what happens obviously he's not going to be looking for anything long term no actually and and the great sanelin strum uh who is an, uh, a pundit on on seymour and also a columnist on uh expressan a swedish newspaper uh he had an interesting idea he floated it on, on his blog a couple of days ago how about a trade? How about Jonathan Sigalet moves to Faristad and Jonathan Blum moves the other way? Um, and he kind of said that the signing of, uh, well, sorry, uh, Sigalet, a, a kind of defensive D-man, would provide stability to Faristad and Jonathan Blum, a more offensive, uh, offensive-minded D-man, would provide like that second, third kind of scoring you need from D-man to a struggling Brina side, and I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, it, it might not be a bad trade, but I, I, I don't know if the, um, I don't know if it would be a super even trade. <laughs> I'm guessing uh, no. If you go player by player, no, but need for need, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. And given that this is a very weird season in terms of financials, it could be a solution. Yeah. If not. Uh, and the fact that Siglet, well, let's say Jonathan Siglet looks for a new club, that club can go say, well, we're not going to pay as much, and uh, Brinas might have to pay the rest of it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll see. 
and I, um, I, I, I really, I should say, I really hope we'll we get to see Jonathan Siglet in the league for the remainder of the season because, like I like you, I I, I like his uh, style of play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and yeah, like I mentioned, it'd be kind of a crappy way to end your career, just sitting out the rest of your contract. Yeah, uh, it's like being injured and forced to retire, I guess. Exactly. Maybe, maybe even worse, actually, because if someone tells you you're not supposed to play now. Yeah, because he's still healthy. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of players that uh, are struggling to find a team, Spencer Rabbit. We got a rumor yeah. for him because yeah, he has uh, not played uh, at all this season. Um, is he still under contract with Lexand? No, he left the he team isn't. Uh, okay. uh, after last season, and uh, I guess uh, the pandemic kind of shot his plans to pieces but he looks to be finding a new job in germany for adler mannheim a, a very uh, well-known team around swedish league now because Johan gustafsson came from adler mannheim to rugla uh Moritz Seider has played for adler mannheim uh, i think it's one of the more well-known german teams in it is yeah. the hockey world even over here in north america and you know who plays for Adler Mannheim uh, in this upcoming draft it's team stutzler so ah yes of course we 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 uh, yeah they got something going there. I would like to know more about that organization. I'm gonna look into that whenever I get the chance. Uh, yeah, he's plays playing for other Mannheim. I, I I like them. They're they're doing well. He's injured now though. So now, what what was the reason for Spencer Abbott leaving Lexand last season? Because you know stats know. wise, he had a pretty good season. I don't know. I'm gonna look that look that maybe, up. Maybe maybe he was looking for a bit more of a successful team. Perhaps maybe uh, which probably had stayed with Lexan this season. I think he could have made a great impact with them. Yeah, but had he stayed uh, with Lexan, maybe they haven't hadn't signed. I don't know, Celaric or Carter Camper or something like that. But then again, what if he'd been playing with those those other two? Let's say he'd been playing with Celaric and and Rivik, for instance. That'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah. yeah, actually. Yeah, he left the team due to. T- uh, I'm looking at, at Hockey Sphere. We should point out, we should thank Hockey Sphere as well because we're getting published on their website. Uh, according to Hockey Sphere, uh, it was for taxation reasons. Uh, the tax is a bit high in Sweden and he probably wants to keep more of his money in his own pocket, which is understandable. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I think that just about does it for episode 36 of Across the Pond. Was there anything else you wanted to out. touch on? Yes, 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 yes. If you don't follow Gabe Landerskog on Instagram, do so. The guy's a genius. I love the man. There's so many. I I don't know what it is about hockey players, but there's so many good hockey or so many hockey players which has fantastic Twitter feeds. That's uh yeah. There's there's a few of them out there. I haven't seen Gabriel Landerskog yet, so I'll have to check that out. The guy's awesome, and I I actually had a point with this because uh, I I think I sent you a picture the other day with when he uh, posted a comment on Mikko Rantanen some post Imikorantanen did on, on, on Instagram. But my point is the way Gabe Landeskog kind of presents himself as he's always joking, pretty much. Um, he's always, you know, chirping or doing something or blah, 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 just keeping the guys or whatever, someone else happy or focused or whatever. And then he's got this winning mentality that is second to none. I, I've never seen someone as angry as him when they lost uh, the two games in Sweden on opening nights a couple of years back. The guy is awesome. And he if you can get your team happy by, you know, being the chirping guy and just get, every, get, 
get people smiling. You get a good chemistry on your team. You get a good chemistry in the organization. Get get things going. And I think that's so important for for a team uh, looking to win a cup or being that top tier team. I think I think the captains of today must be more like him, or should be. Yeah. I don't. Someone might disagree. I don't honestly care. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, be, absolutely. I, I, I like him. I like his 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 demeanor. Uh, I like the way the way he kind of is. I guess. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But of course, before wrapping up, we got to thank our patrons. Yes, and I don't have the list, but it's Dennis Danulov, it's Lucas, it is Anton, it is Tobias, Tobias. No, who did the intros and outros? It is. I'm sorry, I completely lost list, and I it, you're getting many. I can't even keep eight names in my in, or ten names or whatever on my mind. We haven't actually used the money yet. We're gonna use them when Dave gets back to buy, hopefully another microphone. Actually, well, yeah, microphones, headsets, maybe a soundboard. I think those are first on our list when it comes to our uh, Patreon funds, so we can get some higher quality audio for you guys. Yeah, this, this this Skype Skype crap is uh, not the best. We should try Zoom, but I think there's a time. You have to pay for Zoom. That's true. I, I think you get like 30 minutes uh, per session for free, and then it cuts off if you don't have premium. That's not a lot. Hey, speaking of Zoom, you know what I did the day before yesterday? Mm. We, we I have this. It's a men's club, maybe. Uh, we're, we're nine guys who've been like doing this for 10 years now, just a way of getting away from our family uh, every now and then during the year. But we have this Glögafton, which is in American Glühwein, I guess, uh, an evening every every fall when we would drink, yeah, you know, have a few beers, play some poker. But given this is a, it's a pandemic year, we actually had everything on Zoom. And we oh, that's kinda uh, cool. set up an online poker table and we played. So it was really cool. Oh, speaking of Glug, how is the, uh, I guess, the this year's themed glug i know they oh, I haven't like tried a it i think different I flavor think every year included. i'm gonna i'm gonna try it but i'm not a huge glug fan uh, yeah fair actually. enough and yeah yeah like you said glue or over here i think it would be closer to like mulled wine is what oh, yeah. we have yeah, over that, here that's like true. you know you put the cinnamon sticks in the, the the wine with some fruit and it's yeah but yeah glug i, re- I really like the uh the whiskey glug where that you uh with the almonds and just a little yeah. sipping cup it's it's quite quite nice yeah, it's awesome. Uh, what are you up to this week? Uh, we just actually got a brand new puppy, an eight-week-old Karen Terrier puppy. How do you have? Just one now. Okay. But uh, yeah, so she's adorable, and so we're taking care of her. Um, uh, today's just going to be kind of lazy. It's pouring rain outside, so I think me and my dad are going to watch Lord of the Rings and take it easy. Oh, I want to watch Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've watched them. So That's awesome. I'm going to go play some Warzone now. Oh, nice. Good yeah. stuff. Cool. All right. Well, that does it for episode 36 of Across the Pond. My name is David Ashbaugh. His name is 6M Funquist. Stay safe. Wash your hands. And of course, as always, support. Oh, dude. Dude, 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 dude. We can't finish. I forgot to say there's been two signings. Man, I completely forgot this. Oh, you dropped the ball, man. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Hit me. Who's the signings? Ryan Stoa has signed with HP71. Yeah. And uh, I had a long tangent on that but it, but i found that on i, I forgot completely let's keep ryan stowe in mind because i'm not too impressed by that signing and they've also signed marcus fenson as a goal so okay next well, maybe we'll touch we, on that next week yeah sorry about that ah, don't Su- worry support your local business man 
There it is. All right. Thanks very much for tuning in, guys. Uh, <laughs> hope you have a great week. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get you another episode next week. See you later. See ya. <laughs>